The Jacob Media Sports Network, in partnership with 97.3 ESPN, brings you the Mays and Aton Show. Middays with Harry Mays and Aton Shander. Now, it's the Midday Show with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN Radio. It's a victory Monday, and I don't know how thrilled people are. More maybe a matter of exhaling following that game on Sunday in which... Once again, we got another chance to see the Philadelphia Eagles offense in action. But, of course, it took, what, an entire game, really, or at least half to kick in. We also saw, for everybody out there, once again, another wide receiver who was taken ahead of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside cruise up and down the field at ease against the Philadelphia Eagles. But then again... We end the game where we did last week, which was Carson Wentz saving the day. So it didn't even matter at that point how bad things got once again because clearly this thing was in the hands of Carson Wentz, and he did it. Carson came back once again for two weeks in a row against slop teams, against the bottom of the barrel, against an offense that I think was rated 31 or maybe 32 coming into that game. But you know what? They did it again, and at the very least – even if you're upset today out there that they didn't blow away the Redskins, it's hard to be really disappointed with this football team. I understand that people wanted to see more, but I don't know how people can be truly disappointed today, the fact that you're still alive. I thought that was a wildly entertaining football game yesterday. I took the approach of just watching it as just Joe fan. I didn't take any notes. You know, I wasn't, you know... uh, uh, charting anything right. or doing anything. I just sat back in my recliner down in my lair after I got back. Uh, I watched the first uh, first half out of, out of the house. Came back and watched the second half and just enjoyed it. And, yeah, there were some moments there where you think, oh, my God, they're, they're going to lose to the Redskins. Carson Wentz and this fumbleitis that he has yep. in his entire you know young career. He's fumbled, I believe, 44 times in 54 games, which is unbelievable to me. You know, now obviously he hasn't lost all those fumbles, right. but yesterday a key fumble gives the ball to the Redskins. They take the lead, and you're like, oh my God, they're going to lose to Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins looked like Joe Montana. He was the worst ranked quarterback, yesterday. starting yeah. quarterback coming into the game. And he lit him up for a portion of that game. Well, it was incredible. McLaurin's a stud. They had one, yeah, but that's all. Yeah. So if you know that, right, like if you and I are, are playing golf and the only thing, or I'm, golf is a bad example, if you and I are going head-to-head on something and I can only do one thing and you know you have a week to prepare for me to right. only do one thing and you let me do that one thing, well, isn't that on you more than it is on me being able to do one thing? No, you're, you're right. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Ertz against the Giants last on Monday night. Yes. You know, that's the only thing. That's where Carson Wentz goes on every big play that he needs to make a play and on I'm third okay down that. or in the red zone. Yeah. But if you're that defense, you're like, Wait, we got to take this. We got to do whatever we can to bracket this guy, whatever, you know, chuck him at the line of scrimmage, throw off his time, whatever it is. And they didn't do it either. No. So, yeah, it, it's mind boggling. But what it ended up having having is Carson Wentz leading a team back from behind late in the game, and he did it now twice in a week against, albeit, two of the worst teams in football. They're slop. But he is handicapped with this roster himself, and he is making plays to guys that, you know, weren't even on the team. No, practice squad. Yeah, and the strike he threw to Miles Sanders on the run was one of the best throws that I've seen in recent memory in the NFL. 
outside of that throw that he threw against the Rams where he was hurt and still completed. Where Alshon caught it in yeah. the back of the end zone? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I think Alshon was hurt that on that same play as well. Yeah, maybe. Outside of that throw, the throw to Sanders. Now, look, the throw to Greg Ward was exceptional. That was a good one, too. It, it was a great one. But the throw to Sanders, if you add on what he did to get open, not Sanders, but Wentz to get open to then throw mm-hmm. that football, that was the most impressive throw outside of that one to the Rams, I think, in his career. Yeah. I, I mean, mean we'd have, I'd have to go back and look at tape in his rookie year, Harry. But that I think that play is Carson Wentz at his best. And I don't know if there are many people in the NFL that under that much pressure and duress can scramble and then still make that throw. Like, I, that's Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Russell Wilson with even a bigger arm. Yeah. You know, because that, that was a cannon well, shot. Oh, yeah. The laser. Like, I mean, yes. It was like Randy Johnson fastball. Do you ever have, did you ever have anybody like that who, for whatever reason, would just throw so hard, so short? Like, even if it was in a catch, mm-hmm. it could be high school football or it could just be like a turkey day catch. And you'd have that one person who we'd be we'd be like right here. And yeah. I'll explain that after. Here's Doug. the coach. Apologize for being late. Good afternoon. Do you have any? Uh, <laughs> what? What are you? Cats got your tongue? <laughs> do you have any updates on injuries that you know? Can you expect anybody back this week? Good question. Good question. Um, everybody is uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, I'm optimistic. Um, you know, Lane. Lane obviously uh, is going to be. You know. Uh, a day-to-day thing. Yeah, he is. He is getting better. Um, don't expect him, uh, you know, to, to do a whole lot. You know, today, tomorrow, Wednesday. Right now, we'll see where he's at later in the week. Nelly's in the same situation. Uh, Jordan's in the same situation. Uh, so really, no change or no, no, you know, any anything further with them. Uh, who else? Barnett's uh, is doing better. Uh, we expect him to do something later in the week. See where he's at, and get him on land, and and get him going. So everybody's everybody's uh, you know everybody's getting there. It's uh, it's a slow process, but they're they're healing. Now, the importance of the game. Do you expect that if there's a, if it's close, that these guys are going to try to play? Yeah, you know, bottom line is I'm not going to risk uh, further injury with anybody um, for a game. But uh, if they're capable of playing uh, in this football game, then 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 we'll make that you know determination later in the week. Did Darby get hurt during the game? Is it, is it like it didn't seem like he played much after? The yeah, game. he uh, um, he showed up you know on the injury report, um, and and he's got some lower body uh, right now you know with him that uh, he he should be fine you know with it. It's just going to take a couple of days here to rest and, and get him get him back on the practice field. In most cases, his snaps were down. Was 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 that related to the concussion, or was it performance related? No, um, you know I think one the structure of uh, you know uh, the offense, and then and then also you know T.J. Edwards has been playing been playing well too when he's getting some opportunities. So there's a little bit of that, you know. So uh, keeping all those guys as fresh as possible. Plus they're all playing special teams. Um, so just keeping everybody as fresh as we can. He had been playing a lot of snaps up until coming. Yeah, yeah. TJ, TJ's been doing really well. Uh, obviously, Nate's been doing well. We're getting Nigel back, you know, here the last couple of games. So uh, there's there's three, four guys there that have been playing playing more snaps. Why do you why do you think it? Uh, you, got, you guys have known about Greg Ward for a few years. Why, why do you think it took him this long to break through the way he has and 
kind of become such a productive player in the NFL? Um, well, I think I think on the inside, uh, we know the type of player that, that Greg Ward is, and because we've seen it, you know, day in day out. Uh, you know, this this is a uh, um, it, it, it's. It's a little bit of a tricky situation because as you're trying to construct your, your roster for each game, you know, he was on practice squad to start the year, and you're trying to maybe, ah, can, is this the week that we can get him up? And then there might be an injury in the game that we have to make a move and bring somebody else in a spot, whether it be maybe on the defensive side or, or the offensive side, whatever it is, and it just it just didn't work out until, you know, here here in the last, you know, three, four games. So uh, we're excited that uh, obviously he had a chance to bring him up. Uh, we know the type of player he is, and, and, he, and, he, and he's proven that on the field. Doug, you, you had um, success on third down yesterday. You had 16 of them. Too many. Yeah. What do you guys need to do um, first and second down to kind of cut those down? You know, a couple of them uh, were, were due to some penalties that, that backed us up, and so Gabe put us into some third down situations there, some third and long uh, situations. Uh, but we had a couple of negative, uh, negative rush plays on first down, uh, a couple of screens that went went for you know a negative or, or no gain. You know those are the those are the types of things that kind of set you up for you know um, a third and three, four, five, maybe even a third and two. You know, so we got to do a little bit better there from execution standpoint on first down. Uh, to try to stay ahead uh, of the chains that way, but. You know, it's not a, it's not a major, a major uh, thing that, uh, you know, uh, we were focused on. We did overcome some of those penalties uh, in the game yesterday, uh, and thought that our really our third down rushing yesterday was was probably the best we've had all season too. As a play guard, it's gone down to the last two drives for you guys. Really, in the last two weeks, I know you guys probably wish you would have been able to, to put it away earlier. But can it be said? What can be said for the way that you guys have won the last two weeks, knowing what's coming this Sunday with the Cowboys division? I just think it just shows that you know each week uh, you got to play for 60 minutes, um, and the game, the game, you play the game within the game, and and there's there's going to be highs and lows, and then obviously uh, for us as an offense, it's great to see the fact that they 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 put it on their back and they go down and have a chance to win the game, and then you know uh, credit the defense. We fumble the ball. The offense fumbles the ball, and we only hold them to, to three points at, at that at that point too. So um, you don't ever hope that it gets to that point, you know, during the game. But uh, I, I think the guys understand that hey, it, it, it does take you know 60 minutes. Um, and quite frankly, when we got the ball back at the end of the at the end of the game, there, um, I think everybody knew that that. We were going to go down and score and, and, and win the football game at that point. So uh, it's a credit to the guys. They they stay in the moment. Nothing's too big for them. Uh, they overcome a lot of adversity. A lot of it's self-inflicted, obviously. Um, and they overcome it and uh, have given themselves a chance to win and have done that in the last two weeks. Uh, Wentz has come up with uh, two of his best performances, certainly his most, two of his most clutch performances over the last two weeks uh, without s several of his primary targets. What does that say about um, his development? What does that What does that say to you? Where he is? Um, he, he's 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 doing some really nice things for us, and um, he's you know one of the things that uh, I, I might have mentioned it after the game or maybe this morning, you know, on the radio is just that he's he's understanding, 
you know, the offense and where everybody is and, and, and spreading the ball around. Our, our, of course, our, our running attack is, has helped that. The screen game has helped that. And, and that just comes from me calling more of those plays for him and helping him be uh, successful there. But, you know, he's just um, – He's maturing that way, you know, and, and, it's, and it's really good to see. He's understanding the game, and, and um, it takes time. This is, this is with young quarterbacks and, and young players in this league, it, it takes time. And um, that's, that's, where he's, that's where he's headed, you know, and, and, and it was, it's really has been good to see the last couple of weeks, um, especially the overtime you know, win there uh, with New York, and then and then this week to to really put the team on his shoulders and say, hey, let's go win the game. As a follow-up to that, Doug, do you find yourself as a play caller trying to be or forced to be more creative or different when personnel's limited? No, um, I, I I just I, I just call what's on the what's on our sheet and what we work on during the week and how we put our guys in position. I and mean, we had you know, seven different personnel groups yesterday in that game. So we were moving people around in, in different different combinations of guys and and ended up using all of them, you know. And, and that's this time of year. The thing is, you got so much tape out there and, you know, uh, coaches and teams are going to study your tendencies and, and your personnel and, you know, they're going to have a beat on you. So you, you have to be a little creative and, and you know, move some guys around and, and use different personnel groups and, you know, use the strengths of each player, too, uh, to your advantage. And um, that's what we've been able to do the last couple of weeks. It's helped us. That was, that was the greatest, uh, the biggest variation in personnel groups we've, we've seen from you this year. Do you sort of relish that opportunity to get creative? What is, what is the, you know, the Monday, Tuesday game a, planning process I think it's like? a fine line uh, on how much you want to be creative, especially with some young players on offense. It's, you, you don't want to get so creative that you're you're putting too much in and and then it becomes a you know a, a mental block for a lot of these guys but at the same time we know that we have to you know do some things to um, take advantage you know of our of our strength on offense and and, and put people in position so um, yeah we find though you know the, the, that's what these first couple of days of the week are for uh, is to is to put that together you haven't, had a, you haven't had a lot of success recently against the Cowboys. Thank you. How much, how much does that gnaw at you? You know, you. How much does that gnaw at you, the Cowboys, and uh, and how is that going to make this game a lot that much more fun? Listen, we we just, I, you know, they they got us the last time, and they you know they 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 kicked our tail, and they had a great game plan, and and uh, you know we listen, it, it's we just got to we just got to come prepared each each day this week. Um, and, and study the tape, you know, uh, coaches have got to have, you know, a great game plan, obviously, and, and um, you know, they've got to, the, our players have got to understand the game plan, how we're trying to, you know, either attack or defend uh, the Cowboys and, 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 then, and then go play. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're here at, you know, week 16. And, and again, like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of tape out there, uh, another division opponent there's probably a little more obviously on the line you know this week than than most weeks but it's where we are right now and we we've, we've dug this hole but we're, we're we're slowly climbing out of it and and uh we're excited for the opportunity just getting back to that i mean there was just could seem like there was more of a limited scope yesterday there wasn't a lot of targets for some of the other guys including some guys that caught passes last week can you continue to win that way or do you think you have to kind of expand that Get more guys well, the easy answer would be to expand that. 
Will you? Yes. Uh, Carson has the, uh, the second most fumbles in, in the NFL, 14 right now. What um, are you teaching him at this point? What does he have to do in order to, to clean that up? Obviously, hitting some critical. Games. Yeah, it was a, it was unfortunate. Um, I think we put the ball as an offense on the ground four times yesterday, and that that's unacceptable. Um, whether it's the quarterback or you know receivers, whoever it might be, running back. So. Um, we have to do a better job. Players have to understand the importance of the of the football. Uh, it's obviously the most prized possession. You know, during a game, we got to protect it. And he understands that. And we're going to continue to talk and and uh, listen. I, you know, you hate to beat the dead horse, but sometimes you have to. You know, and and, and keep keep pounding the, the you know the point home. And and uh, you know, we're just fortunate we were able able to overcome. You know, putting the ball on the ground as many times as we did. We had a snap on the ground yesterday, and Boston put it on the ground one time. I mean, you know, Carson there the one time. So uh, we were just fortunate to overcome that. When you watch the coaches' film of uh, a play like Carson made on the throw to Miles Sanders in the back of the end zone, how do you watch that and evaluate it as you're watching it? Well, I saw it live, and I had a great view on, right down the sideline from where I was standing, and it was it was one of the most impressive throws I've seen. Um, honestly, in, in, in my career, either as a player or a, or a coach, I mean, it was just an impressive throw, uh, impressive probably more so the catch, obviously, uh, where, where, where Miles was. And there were, I believe, three Redskins and, a, and an Eagle all lined up in a straight line, basically between Carson and, and Miles. And um, just a tremendous play by both of those guys, by Carson, um, to extend the play. Uh, just unbelievable, you know, unbelievable play in that game and, and one that we needed. How much does it help, um, you know, with all the adversity you guys have gone through um, the last couple games, especially having to win at the end, like, you know, young guys like, you know, Boston and Greg and, you know, guys who hadn't played to be on the field and go through all that heading into a game like against Dallas? You know, one of the things, um, they might be young by uh, age or experience in this league, but but they don't consider themselves young, and and um, and and that's that's and that's a positive. That's that's they they consider themselves as veterans, and you know they've they've been in a lot of a lot of games here and a lot of big games here down the stretch, and um, nothing seems too big, you know, for these guys right now. And uh, you, you you've seen. Miles and, and his his progression throughout the course of the season and, and, and how he's getting better and how, how Boston is getting better and Greg has just made his impact here in the last couple of weeks so you know um, like I said they might be young but they don't feel young they don't want to they don't want to consider themselves as young they're veteran players and and uh, that's a credit to them and uh, nothing's nothing's too big for them right now Doug, is, uh, is there a I guess a developing relationship or a developed relationship between Carson and Miles that maybe we don't get to see until game day that you see in practice. And what does that mean? If that's so, what does that mean for the, the future of this franchise when you have a, a young running back and a, a young quarterback who can kind of grow together? And, and you've seen that, you know, what that means in, in the yeah. past for other. No, I mean it's it's uh, it's encouraging. You know, obviously the. You know, not only for the remainder of this season, for I think the the the, the future and, and and the near future, um, but that's what you that's what you got to have. You got to have 
you know, to be successful in the teams that are successful in this league and, and can sustain that success, I think quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers, and in our case, tight ends, um, having that nucleus of guys around the quarterback, um, you, you, can, you can sustain that success, I believe. And um, I saw it in Green Bay, you know, when, when we had, you know, back-to-back-to-back NFC championship games and two Super Bowls back-to-back. And, you know, you, you just look at the history of the league and, and it seems like those, those core guys are together uh, a lot. And, um, and we just hope that, you know, as we grow uh, with Carson and, and Miles, that we just continue to add pieces to that. Yeah. Did you see this potential? I mean, you saw the potential. You saw the you saw the talent, obviously. Um, but but uh, you know, um, this is it's it's a I don't want to say it's a surprise, but it's uh, it's it's just encouraging to see the success that Miles has had. You know, because really, when you, you go back a few weeks when Jordan was in there. You, you didn't see Miles, right, as much or making some of the plays that he's making now. And now that he's kind of been the guy, um, you're, you're seeing more and more of him. And his versatility, both running and, and catching the football, has, has made an impact and, and really helped us uh, uh, win these last couple of games. Thanks, Doug. Okay, thanks, guys. Right, there's Doug Peterson. I imagine that after all of that, there's some, I, I don't know, this, this felt like last week, no, not, I should say that. It didn't feel like last week. It felt like it was before the Miami loss. I think it was the Patriots or maybe the Seahawks game. Well, it was game. Patriots, Seahawks, then Miami. Right. And it was one of those games where it, it didn't matter at that point. You know, it might have been the Patriots, maybe the Seahawks lost. Like, all right, win, loss aside, just, just get me through 12-20 so we can talk about it. And I kind of felt like that today, not for anything wrong or bad or negative with what Doug said or what the Eagles did, but we knew for the last two weeks this game mattered. And all the last two weeks did was just keep that conversation right. alive. Yeah. That's all it did. It no. didn't do anything more like that. Nothing. It's it's all about the Dallas game. You know, they gotta win out. And that's that's really what it is. You know, you were thinking maybe maybe you could get another gift yesterday with the Los Angeles Rams mm-hmm. going into Dallas as a favorite. No. They got boat raced. That Dallas, no. that's the one thing. And I know we got a lot a long week to talk about this. Yes, yes. That's the one thing. Well, not the one thing. That's one of many things about this game where you're like, oh damn, Dallas just woke up. Like they things started to click yesterday for the Dallas Cowboys. That Rams team was hot. Yeah, hot coming into yeah. it. And Dak Prescott. Look, Tony yeah, Pollard, the ball right I was up just going to say that, right, right down I mean, there, Keister. You would like to think that the Eagles may take note. Here's, there's one good thing that comes from yesterday that I think gives you hope in that regard with the Cowboys game. But, yeah, man, like, my God, the Cowboys are on fire after that game. The Eagles are alive, so you have that. But, really, from yesterday, I don't think that we just gloss over what happened simply because they won the football game. Much like we didn't gloss over what happened against the Giants simply because they won the football game. There's a lot to unpack, and we'll do it. But, you know, uh, so many of the great Philly football fans have joined us and the home team, my team, our team, at Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Parks has you covered for sports betting online with the Sportsbook app. I was using it all weekend long with the golf and the football. It's just fantastic. Or in person at the beautiful Sportsbook where you find us each and every Friday in Ben Salem. Parks Casino and Sportsbook. 
my casino of choice, and the number one, the only sports book backed by the number one casino in Pennsylvania. And they're not based overseas or out of town. It's right here in the Delaware Valley. Of course, football, we're heading to these you know big, important games in the NFL. we got bowl season starting up here in a couple of days. You know, the Eagles hosting the Cowboys as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. You got to get in on this action. You got to download the app in the App Store. Just go to parkscasino.com/pa. Use our promo code SWEEP, and you'll get up to a $500 risk-free bet. That's parkscasino.com/pa. Promo code SWEEP. Must be 21 and in PA. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Maze and Aton Show, presented by Dry Guys of South Jersey. Go to dryguysonair.com and get the help you need with your wet basement. Listening to Maze and Aton with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app. So we do have the Philadelphia Eagles game that will break down and, and continue to break down. And since we only have two hours, it's tough to throw other stuff in here. But I talked about a story over on one of my other shows over the weekend and researched it enough to where I feel confident and comfortable bringing it up to the point where if you were to disagree with me, I'd have enough to go back and forth for a little bit at least. I'm not okay. saying that I can go and sit here and this is going to be a conversation on who to blame for Greg Ward not coming up earlier. I feel like you and I can talk about that alone for two hours. But this story that came from Melbourne, Australia, oh. must be brought up today on the show. Okay. John S. from Abington on the Twitch channel, Maze and Aton. And if you're watching, we'll do this through the new year. We're going to gift a subscription every day. We've people like Trevor from the 203 hitting us up with bits and stuff. So we're going to continue to pay attention to that. But he says, Mays, what do you think of Reed's caddy fighting a fan? We have to at least respond to what we heard first from the prior segment. But how about in the next segment, before we hit 1 o'clock, we bring that up. All right. Because I I think you might be shocked to hear where I stand on this story. And I'm definitely curious, as are everybody else listening, our audience, on where you stand on that story. Well, I bet Patrick Reed on Saturday in the singles matches. I knew you were going to get his best effort because that's the way that guy is. He's weird. Like, he's wired right. differently. And well, Saturday was the last yeah, day. Yeah, that was the that, last day. That's where he didn't have his caddy because that guy was thrown out. Correct. So he had his swing coach on the big. Yeah. So I like that, too. Okay. All but, right. but anyway, we'll, we'll talk about now, it. Now, speaking of which... We should lead with what was probably the biggest storyline nationally to come across out of the Eagles game. Okay. And that was the meaningless, if you even think that's a term anymore, which it isn't, touchdown by Nigel Bradham (laughs) at the end. Unbelievable. I had to count my points because I had the Redskins in a teaser plus 11 and a half. Thankfully. Oh no, I'm still good. Thankfully, <laughs> but right. imagine having the having the Eagles minus six and a half, and you get that. That's an early Christmas. It is an amazing present right there. Yeah. And here's the thing: there was another shock, and I put out a tweet because I didn't even see it. You know, paying attention to the in-game lines, especially on a Sunday, I feel like we're both pretty in tune with it. Yeah. But it was a game you lost. I don't know if you saw at oh. the height in what Jacksonville was, but. I think there was a guy who responded on Twitter that said he had them at plus 600 at one point, down 16-3 to three at the half. Okay. Wow, good for him. 
Now that well, I think yeah. was uh, okay. So, the Raiders got screwed. I got screwed again two weeks in a row by the officials. Yeah, look, because that slide was in bounds. That's a first down. That, that clock runs to the two minute warning, and you basically run the game out. I stand corrected. At True Phil's fan E twenty nine F got it when it was sixteen to three at plus nine hundred. Well, good for good for you. I'm glad it worked out for. You know, I, mean, I like when people win. <laughs> Me that too. Listen to our show. Me too. But I'll tell you, on on my side of it, I got I got screwed again. John Gruden, he owes a lot of people an apology. You wanted me to apologize to John Gruden. He and that team has fallen off the face. Well, how about Derek Carr? Got booed off the field yep. after he tried to like you know slap hands with people over in the black hole. They, they, they were they like, get not, out no, of here. They're like, go to Vegas. Go to Vegas. So what was what was more of a shock? I bring that up because what was more of a shock? Was it the Eagles covering that with the Nigel Bradham TD? Or was it the Jags who were down at plus 900 at one point coming back? No, I think it's got to be the Nigel Bradham. I mean, the final play of the game. You know, they finally get you know like pressure on Haskins. He fumbles the ball. They didn't sack him at all nope. yesterday. Up this guy that. got, had, I think, was sacked twenty five times coming into that game, and he's only had a, you know a couple of appearances and five starts. I mean, he had twenty five sacks and eighty eight completed passes coming into the game yesterday. They didn't get him once. No. But at the end of the game, it's just everything's going crazy. He fumbles the ball, and Bradham to pick up the ball and run it in. That was unbelievable. I think I, I couldn't believe it happened. If you had gotten to him, to your point, if they had gotten to him or put any pressure on him earlier in the game, it's almost like, all right, it's only a matter of time, guys, come on. He looked good yesterday. But that that was, it was such a difference from what we saw from Haskins all game, that final play. It was almost like, oh, really? It was a head scratcher that he would fumble and lose the ball, and the Eagles, to your point, who had no success pressuring him, would be able to score on that. I thought that was going to happen two or three times yesterday. Easily. We were going to yep. get a couple strip sacks no, you're and right. all this stuff. It didn't happen until the very last play, and it helped the Eagles cover. So Unbelievable. Two things that I think you kind of have to deal with right now. Before you even get to Dallas, forget Dallas. Monday is really, I think, about this game. And, yes, we know Dallas is in looming out there. But here's the thing. Carson Wentz represents everything that's positive with the Eagles right now. It's not just Wentz and his ability to lead the team. We saw two straight times. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You now feel confident that if Carson Wentz has the ball in his hands in the final drive, you need a field goal or touchdown, you're good. Like, you feel good again about that offense. On the flip side, yeah, the defense wasn't down many guys, Harry. No, I know. Derek Barnett, I think, was the only guy down. He misses a lot. He's missing a lot of games. <laughs> okay, that, that's a good point to raise. Yeah. But here's the thing. That looked like the defense they wanted to go into the regular season with. I know, I know. Well, Avante Maddox takes a bad angle and misses the tackle on McLaurin, which turns into a huge play for a touchdown. That you know, that's number one. But the other thing is, is you know, not being able to get to Haskins because he's not a guy who's a great runner. You know what I mean? He's not. He's not super athletic in the pocket. If you, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He's sort of like Jameis Winston to me. Does he remind you a little bit of that where, he, you know, he's not a great runner with the ball, you know, to, to evade pressure kind of thing. You know, he kind of runs himself into pressure a lot of time, like, yeah. times. His, his awareness Inviting isn't that the great. Pressure. Yeah. So I'm, th- I'm thinking they're going to sack him four or five times Sunday. Yeah, yeah he'll probably gonna... fumble a couple of times. He'll throw a couple picks. None of that happened. Well, he had the one fumble at the end. That was it, though. Yeah. And, in fact, he looked really comfortable. And he it wasn't did. just to McLaurin. Look, Steve Sims. Yeah, how about this Sims guy from Kansas? Unbelievable. From that football factory of Kansas. I had no idea. Yeah. 
again, that's the biggest concern. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've seen this now a couple of weeks, two of the last three weeks. If you really want to look at it, it's two of the last three weeks as far as a game is concerned and that first half of the Giants mm-hmm. yeah. where you've got a healthy, for the most part, a healthy defensive unit out there giving up plays, big plays, mind yeah. you. And look, I hate to say it because, again, I, I don't want to break any rule here, but Darius Slayton, good young receiver. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaren, good young receiver. Amari Cooper, seasoned veteran. Yeah, exactly. Like, no. look, a Michael Gallup. Gallup, Gallup is seasoned. Say that. Yeah, Michael. Look, you don't want to. You don't. You do not want to have a situation where Randall Cobb now looks like days of old, mm-hmm. like he's stomping down the field with of Green Bay. Bay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't want that situation. But they'll throw. They'll throw. They'll throw. That's the biggest issue that I balance right now. Is how do I feel about the last three weeks? factoring in that Miami game as well, where the defense has not done much to give you confidence. Yet, on the flip side, Harry, the offense has done everything despite not having their top guys. Yeah, and that's, you know, it doesn't you, make sense. You've got to feel good about the quarterback right now. Great about really, the quarterback. Really, you've got to feel good about him. But you're right about this defense. Like, you know, you're thinking that this is the game where they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to get a turnover or two. The special teams is going to have to, you know, pin Dallas deep in, into their own end a few times or, or get a nice, you know, uh, punt return, kick return that doesn't get called back. Give yourself some short fields. Like, th- this is going to have to be a total collective effort to beat, to beat Dallas right now, coming off their best performance of the year. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, the, the defense hasn't turned people over enough this year. They haven't gotten enough sacks this year. They're going to have to get both of those on Sunday. Yeah, I, and that's an ask, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I think agree. That, that's probably too much of an ask right now. On the flip side, and it's even crazy to bring this up because that Niners-Saints game we saw two weeks ago, but even if you're getting somewhat of this over-the-top, overachieving offensive production from Wentz in that unit, and you're in some sort of shootout, with the Cowboys here Sunday afternoon, Mm -hmm. at least you have enough now to say, all right, man, Carson Wentz with the football, 220 left, down four. I feel good. Yes. I mean, they're really – Yeah. Now, you know, you're playing a much better defense. Yes. You know, I mean, you know, Dallas got really good linebackers. They got a pretty good front. Uh, They got better corners than, than, you know, the Giants – you know, I, I know Dunbar is a really good corner, and you know, but he was he was banged up over the weekend. They 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 matched up Greg Ward on on uh, who? Oh, uh, I can't even think of his name from Carolina. The the loudmouth. Oh, Josh Norman. Josh Norman. Yeah. Who I know he's not. Well, health, Norman totally came healthy, in, right? But yeah, they got him matched up on the on, for the winning play. Yep, and, and Norman, that was a nice throw. Now I know Carson missed a throw that he should have had to Ertz, a touch throw. You know, right. we've seen him airmail those. Routinely, but uh, but the one that he threw into Ward was really a nice throw and a good route by the kid. Yeah, and it wasn't a situation here where Carson Wentz was making so many bad throws or decisions in the first half that he had to pull himself out of that of hole. his own hole that right. he created. Right, exactly. <laughs> we love those comebacks, don't we, we? We haven't seen one of those really since <laughs> was it Seattle? I mean, look, Miami—they were moving the football for the most part, yeah. right? Yeah. And the last two weeks, I guess the first half of the Giants, you're like, "What the hell is going on?" Look, the first—they lost the first half to the Skins, Harry. Amari, and I know that because I bet it. Amari Cooper, five receptions, 106 yards, 
His longest was 44. He was targeted five times, caught them all. That was did he production. even score? No. Yeah, he didn't score. That that's that's how quiet and deadly. That's a snake in the grass right there. Blake Jarwin scored a oh, touchdown. Yeah, you Remember cannot. him? Backup tight end. Yeah, and Tavon Austin had one. Well, Tavon Austin was wide open because two Rams bumped into each other. No, I'm talking about against the Eagles. I was reading oh, stats from oh, when oh. the Cowboys played the sorry, Eagles sorry. Uh, a couple weeks ago. I thought you were talking about that Tavon Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I saw that. And I yeah. hate to say it, but that was a hell of a play by Dak Prescott. Not the throw, but being able to get open. All right, mm-hmm. two things I want to bring up with you. The Patrick Reed audio, we have that, where we stand on that. And also, the Army football coach should be fired. Munkin should be fired on the spot. He he should not have been allowed out of that stadium. I told you, Navy. I I'm trying no, no, to talk no. to you guys. I took Navy. I oh, hit Navy. Did? I'm fine. But I'm saying it was a, a total lack of sportsmanship, and Navy turned around and shoved it up Army's ass. Wow. Back after this. All right, let's listen to this Patrick Reed audio. Well, I, I should – you heard the audio. See, I've been – I don't know what piece of audio, because again, I was talking about it over the weekend. We didn't play any audio as it just came. I was talking about it as it happened. Yeah, I don't know what audio you're talking about. I mean, I was watching a lot of the golf, but Josh said he has Patrick Reed audio, so I assume that was audio you sent him. Did I send this to you, Josh? Or did I send it? Actually, Aton, you sent this to me. You sent it. You don't even realize you sent it. Well, here's the thing. To be fair, this is not like an Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, or Phillies thing. This is something that is directly. Up your alley. Right, but I didn't send it. No. Nah, I didn't send it. <laughs> I sent it. I apologize. Now, I must have sent this on Saturday. Okay. Yes, you sent it on Saturday, and the, and the label on the email was, ah, geez. There you go. Oh, okay. So I knew you would open it. Not you, Josh, Harry. So <laughs> I forget now, and you've heard this audio, Josh, as you've put it in the system. Thank you. Do I need to set the scene, or will the audio fill in the detail? I'll set the scene for you. You ready? Yes. Michael Collins of ESPN reports on the Patrick Reed caddy incident. Take a listen. Well, number one, I got to be honest with everybody. I'm not in Australia, but I was on the phone last night with Kessler Corain talking about the incident and what happened and actually got a text message super early this morning from Patrick Reed, who also wanted to make it very clear that from the two of them, Patrick and Kessler, he did not punch a fan in the altercation. Kessler talked about shoving the fan. Basically what happened was for three days, they have been subject to some severe vulgar language. Now, everybody knows there's heckling in sports and there's even heckling in golf, which you wouldn't think of, but there is. What was happening was abusive language to both of them. And at one point, Kessler had had enough when they were leaving the golf course yesterday. Kessler jumped off the golf course, uh, off the golf cart, shoved the fan, and the fan spilled his beer. So that in, in is what they're telling me happened, and that has also been verified for people that were there. All right. So a couple of things. First off, they the it's very rare that a public figure will offer up their side of the story in which they willingly will give you, yeah, I, I struck first. And that's what the caddy told yeah, Michael Collins, yeah, he which is, him. I got off the thing. Right. Now, and this is where we should fill in the blank for people. Not more than a week ago, this man, Patrick Reed, was caught on film twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, why don't you improve your life, sir? Yeah. Kicking a ball out of the sand. No, he didn't kick in a ball. He was moving the sand with his wedge. <laughs> To improve his no, lie. That, that's from the uh, caddy show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, prove your lie, sir. <laughs> so, yes, he, he, but he denied it. Yeah. 
And then the video comes out, and he looks like the Patriots. See, now, it was a waste area, too. You can ground your club in a waste area. You can't in a bunker. But still, you can't improve your lie by moving sand like he was doing. Twice. And he knew what he was doing. Absolutely. Now, you can speak on this. This is not somebody that struggles to make the cut. This is a man who won won the the Masters Masters. in 2018. This is akin to now opening up this big can of worms about the Patriots. Well, why would you be cheating against the Bengals? Well, why would you be doing this in the Bahamas yeah. when you're a Masters winner? Well, well, this guy, it goes back to even college. There were allegations of him cheating in college, allegations of him stealing stuff out of teammates' lockers and stuff. He got thrown out of the University of Georgia, thrown off the team, so he goes to Augusta State <laughs> and then like led them to the to the to like the national championship, I think. I mean, he's a really good player, but there's something wrong with this guy. He, he's he's a He's a jerk. He's a dirtbag. He is. He is. There's something he doesn't speak to his parents. Like there's all kinds of stuff. Like he's, he's got Aaron Rodgers. I, yeah, a there's a little bit of that. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. This to is what Aaron Rodgers would be if he were to golf. Well, Aaron Rodgers does golf. He's actually pretty good. No, but I'm so, well. <laughs> Patrick Reed's pretty good yeah, too. <laughs> you know, I guess you, you, you're talking about personality wise. Yeah. All right. So let me just say this. I'll throw the first shot here. I don't have a problem with. Okay. If it's Ricky Fowler, Tiger Woods, even Tiger, I think, at this point, like, dude, get over it. Phil Mickelson, if you're out there going to Phil Mickelson, who's driving by in his caddy, I don't care if you're in Korea or Melbourne or wherever, and you say, hey, Phil, you bleeping suck. Look, as much as I fought for fans for the right to say that, it's ridiculous. But in this particular case, like, what was Patrick Reed thinking would happen when he goes out there no, on the course? He, he had, wouldn't get heckled? He had to know it was going to be it was gonna be rough. But the caddy can't put his hands on anybody. No, no, no. He just can't. I, I mean, think I, the fan was right to say, you bleeping suck. Yeah, well, that's fine. You know, that happens. It's and not that happens, something in a golf thing, but. That happens even when you're not a guy that's been moving sand the week before. <laughs> I mean, I had, I've, I've had a buddy thrown out of the Players' Championship for heckling Ian Poulter. Is that right? Yeah, Poulter pointed right at him and said, there he is. Get him. Get him out. What and was he, he saying to Poulter? Well, it's all kinds of stuff. Stuff you can't he say? He was hammered. Okay, well, let me ask was it like. You know, was it like borderline offensive stuff? Yes, probably. Okay, okay, no, okay. coming from this guy. Okay, well, okay, that, that's was, why I asked. he was thrown off the premises. But you should be able to say, "Hey, Poulter, you you know, yeah. Poulter misses an eight foot putt. Hey, Poulter, you bleeping suck." Yeah, he gets that all the time. Yeah, but you should be able to say that yeah. as a fan. Now, here's the thing: the proximity. These guys clearly lost their minds, mm-hmm. both Reed and the caddy. Well, they were on a cart going Correct. through the crowd Correct. to try to go back, you know, because the round was over. He yes. had just lost. Yes. <laughs> so the guy, now, I'll say this. If you don't know Patrick Reed's history and you have no idea who Patrick Reed is, the initial reaction to this story is, wow, I want that caddy caddying for me well, everywhere I go. It's his brother-in-law, too. Right. Tiger Woods' caddy back in the day, Stevie Williams, was a very physically imposing dude and would be, play bouncer. He had to play bouncer many times. Not fluff. For, no, 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 no. Stevie Williams. This is the guy from the uh, New Zealander, I believe is what he was. Bald big, head big, guy? strong guy. No, he had hair. Okay. But he would you know, walk up and take you know cameras from people. And so, I don't think he ever shoved anybody or punched anybody. No. But the threat was there. Like, if you messed with Tiger too much, you're going to have to deal with Stevie. Remember, I always remember Tiger bitching and complaining, which I imagine is a pain in the ass, about this snapping yeah, of the cameras. the cameras, yeah. Because it was like... Camera phones and I mean, so forth. Like, yeah. dude, you, you got to be, again, like... 
I imagine that would mess your backswing. It up could, yeah, yeah, bit. absolutely. All right, so are we both on the same page here that Reed kind of deserved the you believe Well, you up? knew it was going to happen. The caddy can't put his hands on anybody. Was this happening to other golfers as well? Was this like a widespread thing? No, it was, was, most, it just it was mostly on Reed. And Webb Simpson caught some of the collateral damage because he was in his group three times. Biggest takeaway from the Eagles game next. Mays and Aton, the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. 97.3 ESPN. WENJ, WENJ HD, Millville, Atlantic City. The Jacob Media Sports Network, in partnership with 97.3 ESPN, brings you the Mays and Aton Show. Middays with Harry Mays and Aton Shander. Now, it's the Midday Show with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN Radio. Second hour for us, and we begin where we began last hour, before we were rudely interrupted by Doug Peterson. (laughs) And that's the Philadelphia Eagles have survived. Don't worry about what the Dallas Cowboys did last night, yesterday, against the L.A. Rams. Not until tomorrow. Is that Can we do that? No, no yeah, I, yes. I'm asking. No, no, I'm, no, not, I'm not suggesting. Honestly, no, if no, you no. don't think we can, Harry, let me know. No, we'll, we'll do that. We'll start that tomorrow. We'll have Lombo tomorrow. We'll start. Uh, we'll start looking towards next week. But I just got to ask you this one question: Would you have rather had Dallas lose yesterday, or or what happened? Where they put not only they won, they played really well and kind of had their best game of the, they did they had their best game of the season against a good opponent too. right well wouldn't Dallas? i mean wouldn't we all want dallas to lose yesterday well i'm just saying because you still would need to beat them i'm just saying like the, is it as oh, far dis- as like coming into the next game because there's there's it's very hard we like to think that you can take what you did the previous sunday and it'll automatically just be there again the next sunday it does it's it doesn't work that way right so the fact that they played their best game does that make you does that intimidate you as an Eagles supporter or is it like ah no big deal? I think that it's impossible for me to truly ignore that offense clicking against the Rams when the defense has yet to click in probably a month, at least for a full game or maybe even a full half mm-hmm. even. So yeah, I, I would I would much rather Dallas lose. And feel much more confident about, all right, it's, it's going to be a tight divisional game. Neither one of these teams are going to take huge risks. Let's just see what can happen. You've got Miles Sanders. Let's just see what happens in that regard. But now, how can you not be concerned at the very least oh, I am. with the defense here in Philadelphia yeah. up against that offense? Well, especially with what, you know, I mean, they allowed Haskins to move the football. With ease. Yeah, for portions of that game, like, they looked really competent on offense, and I, I can't attribute that to just, you know, them all of a sudden figuring it out. That is, you know, Schwartz and the defense right. allowing it. Right, with a week to prepare, that did not make much sense at all when you knew they had one real big weapon. And, mm-hmm. look, Adrian Peterson is going to run hard until they cart him off the field yeah. again. But yeah, he might die on the field, that guy. Like, he's he's like Iverson, he really where it's is. like, dude, when is this guy going to retire? Because <laughs> yeah. he, somebody needs to tell him, like, hey, man, you can play at a high level yeah. still. We get that. Or but, like some radio host. Yeah. You know, they're, just, they're just, no, they're just never going to go away. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. Keep signing extensions after right. extensions. <laughs> Not going to change that. But I, I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting game because – You've got the biggest storyline of them all is Carson and what comes underneath that. And, mm-hmm. look, 
it's not just Carson Wentz. Greg Ward is playing like every snap is his last snap. I'll tell you, he had 50-some-odd snaps yesterday. To think that that guy was buried on the practice squad because we had to play Mac Hollins. It pisses me off. I heard somebody this morning. Uh, well, I should, I should Matt say Collins her. and Aguilar are giving you nothing. I know, and it's ridiculous. And I saw somebody on Twitter want to blame the position coach, Carson Walsh. Oh, the wide receivers coach? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's another Carson. Yeah. yeah. Now, first off, look, you don't, you've never played Mario Kart, so I don't expect you to get this reference. But the Philadelphia Eagles should fire that guy simply because his name is too close to Carson Wentz's. You think so? It's like a Wario scenario here. You had Mario and Luigi, and then you had this Wario, mm-hmm. which is like Mario with it upside down. So it became like the villain or, or the alter ego, if you will, the bad version of Mario. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know. I don't like the fact that those names are too well, close. Can't they just call him Coach W or something? Now you got the same initials, C-Dub, C-W, all, the, all that's out the window now. You've removed – you don't think that it's bogging down Carson Wentz's judgment every time he goes back to throw the football that he knows there's a guy no. on the team that shares a similar name to him? I don't think so. I put out a, a really tweet don't. today. <laughs> All right. And, and I, so I wanted I, – I thought we could do this. It's probably something we should do on, on off the air as far as, like, Twitch in the break, as you know, if you're watching Maze and Aton live in each and every break. But – I put that. I put a tweet that out. It was just a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But I quoted this to make to make people believe that somebody somebody actually, actually said. said it. Right. I did see it, yeah. and I actually thought somebody said it's it on lot, radio. A lot of people did. That's what I thought. Quote: Carson Walsh's name is way too close to Carson Wentz, and it's hurting this team. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I chose to sort of let that one go. And I'd figured you would eventually tell me what the what the Who story said that? was. Yeah, you know, I didn't know if you were driving back from Fox or no, something no, and no, listening no. to the radio and somebody. Chris Russo said it. Some caller said it or no, something. No. I don't know. It, it does. It, so what I was going to do, and it's funny you bring that up. What I was going to do is actually re- put a poll beneath that and say, host slash personality, meaning it could be somebody on TV, right? Or the other option was caller. Mm-hmm. And see what got more. Now, who who would get more votes in in the sports landscape of Philadelphia? Who would get more votes? The option well, of host slash personality or, or a caller. There's one host that I could actually hear it coming yeah. out of his mouth in the morning. Yes, yeah, I could yeah. actually hear it. In fact, when you <laughs> tweeted it, that's what I thought you were listening. A lot to. of people did. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people did. I should do that every day. Just try to and identify. And it's hurting this team. I could just hear yeah. it. He's yeah. got to go. <laughs> ow, ow. I could hear it. I love but, it. But it, I would say probably more percentage would be on the caller. On the caller. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. What was the most impressive thing for you? Yeah. If Just take away Carson Wentz, all mm-hmm. right, and not catches or plays made by people, but just Carson himself. Because now for two straight weeks – we're locked in. We, we know Carson is locked in, and he's going to be in a great position to win a football game at the end of every game, no matter, even if it's Dallas. But outside of that, forget the negative here. What was the most impressive thing for you coming away from that game yesterday, minus Carson Wentz's performance? I just still go back to just the overall contribution from Boston Scott, Greg Ward that you've seen over the past two weeks, and I included yesterday. 
That's just, you know, because I'm thinking that, you know, maybe they're going to take a step back after a week, you know, defensive coordinators looking at them in film. These guys are were on a practice squad for a reason. There's got to be shortcomings to their game. We're going to figure out what they are and play, and we're, they're not going to hurt us. Those guys made plays. Hmm. Like, he's targeting Ward Can, yeah, routinely. Like with confidence. Yes. Right. Ortega Whiteside got two targets, and two. one of them was a drop. Right, and yeah. uh, he just has no confidence in him, and I don't blame him. No, and but Ward, right. he is more. I mean, he threw the game winner to him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know that wasn't Ertz. No, Ward was a hell of an option on fantasy yesterday. Oh yeah, I it bet. cost three thousand dollars in like you know the DK or whatever you're playing. It's not in. better than Brashad Perriman would have been though. How about uh, that move? I, I think Perriman. You're right. I don't Jesus. think. Well, I think Perriman was a little bit higher of a cost. Well, only probably because Evans was out. Evans was out. But think about this. Nobody knew Chris Godwin was going to get hurt in that game. He had a hamstring yeah. injury. I'll tell you, Jameis Winston. I, I know, know he. I know game, he throws man. it to the other team, but man, that guy's going to throw three or four touchdowns every week. It, how old is he? Twenty six. He might be a little older. Think now. about this. If you had really, he's twenty five. No, oh, he is twenty. Well, he'll be twenty six in January. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's the thing: if you need a quarterback, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get Joe Burrow, right? Right. Are you really looking at taking a quarterback maybe in the back end of the first, middle first round, depending on where you are, or maybe like eighth overall? Or would you be interested in making a play for Winston? You're, I, you're I, assuming Tampa wants to give him up? Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't think that Bruce Arians and the Bucks are sold on this if they, if they got an offer for him. Arians has that offense humming, man. They're 7-7. Well, seven yeah. seven. They are. And a lot of it is just – but here's the thing. Jameis Winston, I saw this thing, became the first quarterback to throw for over 450 back-to-back. Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks are, are going out there trying to do that, though? This is not – it's not like everybody in the NFL, hey, man, Carson Wentz, we're gonna, we want you to throw for 450. So the game plan centers around that. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady threw for less yards than Andy Dalton yesterday, and the Patriots crushed the Bengals. Well, they had all those turnovers. Yeah, four yeah. interceptions, yeah. right. I, I just don't know – that's what I don't know about Jameis is how much of it is I don't think you're him ever gonna, or hollow. I don't think you're ever going to be able to coach the turnovers out of him. I just think that's – You just deal with whoever's it? Whoever's going to have him as their quarterback is going to have to deal with it. Hmm. Okay. So one thing that I, I think for me, and you mentioned this as far as Ward and Boston Scott, let me add this as far as the biggest takeaway for me outside of Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I don't need this to be a season-long thing. I don't need it to be a career-long thing. But I have the utmost confidence right now, Harry Mays, that if the Dallas Cowboys' game plan is to limit whatever you get from Ward, Ertz, Goddard, and Scott specifically in the air, and they want to go tight, run the clock, run the football with Elliott and Pollard, we now have a guy in Miles Sanders who should be able to get 25 touches Sunday against the Cowboys and make a significant difference, yeah. or at the very least, Harry, keep their offense in that game. I agree. That's yeah. what the last, I think, what, two weeks have done? Yeah, with no Jordan Howard. It's, it's, they've been forced to like utilize him you know, a lot more than they probably otherwise would, but the, guy's, the guy looks great. Now, Mosher now, texts us. He thinks Winston's a free agent. Yes, and he's correct. I just looked it up. Right. All right, so here's a question for you. You have the option of bringing in one, or two, one of two guys. You need a quarterback. You're not going to get it in the draft. 
You're not going to make a trade because one of these guys is going to be available to you as a free agent. Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston. Jeez. Look, I don't think what happened yesterday with Ryan – people think that what happened with Tannehill over the last six games before yesterday was some fluke. They were 5-1 and with Tannehill, and they were throwing Mm -hmm. the ball. It wasn't just Derrick Henry. And, hell, he threw the ball to A.J. Brown first, second play of the game, 60 yards. I just can't watch him, so I haven't been paying attention. The Titans could be the only game in town, and I wouldn't watch them. I tell you, Derrick Henry is fun to watch. I, I know yeah, if he was in a different uniform. Maybe that's what, maybe you have to get over that. Yeah. Who can I bring on from Nashville to convince you otherwise? Uh, nobody. You sure? No. I mean, I, I can. I've got some pretty convincing personalities down there. We can go. To. Well, I got one too. Well, yeah, and but, that's probably some of the reason why I don't want. To well, watch anything he's not Nashville. from there. I know that. that. Count. But he's there now. He's there now, and I'd love to talk to Nick, but he's not. I'm talking about somebody born and bred oh, in Nashville, no. Tennessee, that could speak to the volumes of importance in watching a guy like Derrick Henry. All right. So you would still go Winston? Um, I would go for door number three. Derrick Henry? No, I'm just saying. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't really. I wouldn't really want to hitch my wagon to either one of them. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, mean, look, I I don't think this is like a bet where you're saying, no, I'm not going to bet that game. I was just saying if you had one or two options. All right, let's hit the text board, 609-403-0973. JR on the text board. Is it me or are the sports writers in this town soft on Dougie P? I understand the team is battling injury issues, but barely beating the equivalent of Division II teams isn't acceptable. They don't hold his feet to the fire and only ask softball questions, shaking my head with an emoji of his hand to his face. <laughs> so, in other words, they, they should have beaten the Redskins by 30 yesterday? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I think Man. that is the unfortunate. I, you know, more power to you. But with the way this team has looked all year long and the way this team has had to deal with significant injuries, mm-hmm. I don't think that. I don't anticipate them beating anybody by significant numbers. No, look, at this I'm point, I'm just man, like, just win the, the game. game. Yeah. Just win the damn yeah. thing. Look, I, I, you know, this might be what Seattle was trending towards before they got really Lockett the last couple of years and Metcalf last year. Before they had – remember, there was that little lull, right, between – When Baldwin retired? Yeah, between – sorry – there was that lull between when Lynch was out and where they are now with um, an immense amount of firepower with Carson and the two wide receivers they have and before the tight end got hurt as well. I feel like we're at that point. Russell will – that's, I think, the testament. And I go back to Russell because I feel like that's when – He's been through it. Yes. Yeah. And we saw a guy who relied on his athletic ability and he relied on just – Really tight window throws that are short to medium, not throwing the ball 50 yards down the field at a time. That's, I think, it's, it can be yeah. done in the NFL. And Carson Wentz is doing it right now. Look, it's two bad teams, Harry, but Look, still, it's not, it's he doesn't not, have much. It's not sustainable long term. No. But if they can just win one more game with it, yep. you know, they'll beat the Giants week 17. Um, and then you're in the playoffs. Correct. Mike Rainey, yo, off today from the P.O., wrapping the old lady's presents. Does Harry wrap his wife's presents, or does he make her do it 
And don't forget to tip your mailman. Now, I have yet to tip my mailman. What's well, the cutoff date for that before we get to the presents? I, I, I think any time during the holiday season, okay, you know, now, uh, including up to New Year's, I, I think you're still good. Okay, that's fair. You know. Now, what about the trash-slash-recycling guys? Because yeah. it's two separate trucks. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, the same, it's the same guys for me. The same guys come back around. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe that's the case here. It's the same it's the same garbage truck, it's the same dude. All right, so I have to check that. Now, do you make your do you make the Lima wrap her own present? I actually bought her uh, a Christmas present yesterday. You say actually, is this a first? No, I'm just saying it's funny that he brings this up now because okay. I did from a timing standpoint. Yeah, the timing standpoint. Um no, she does not wrap them. Okay. Okay. I am not good at wrapping what I'm going to consider doing with this is probably just put the item inside the paper and just sort of tie it mm-hmm. at the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not wrapping it edges. And you want me to wrap it for you? I, I'm, I'm a low rate on tackle, you know. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I've signed up. Oh, you're too? Really? Yeah, just to wrap presents. You're good at this. No, I'm not. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I'm like you. Yeah. I'm totally devoid of wrapping. Capability. I mean, I, I've done it. Yeah. I don't enjoy doing it. How often have – okay, over, under – Josh, let's look at this real quick, all right, for Harry. Over, under, he's a little older than me, so I'm going to say four and a half. No, five and a half. Over, under, five and a half presents given from Harry Mays to fill in the blank anywhere on the 50-plus years he's been on the planet, wrapped in newspaper. I'll take the over. I'll take the under. No, it is over. <laughs> I know it, it oh, is wow. over. You, kn- you know, know why? Under? Have you not been paying attention to this show, Josh? Do you know why? Because my aunt, my one aunt, one of my cool aunts, as when I was a kid, used to always bring the gifts wrapped in newspaper, the comics. Ah, uh, the comics. It was always the comics. Yes. Like the Sunday comic section. So I, I grew up thinking that that was cool to do. Oh, man. You know what I mean? So that, so I've done it. Okay, okay. Now, I don't do it anymore, but now, I've done it. is the comics, is wrapping a gift in the comics something you can get away with, or is it still socially unacceptable that you're handing something wrapped in newspaper? Well, who who's deeming this socially unacceptable? Look, it, People on Twitter? No, Because you no, know no, I no. really care about no, them. No, look, people were judging gifts wrapped in newspaper far before the advancement Good. and really judge away of i'll do it all right i right, just yeah, maybe, maybe i will do it. maybe i'll bring that back <laughs> john s from abington <laughs> tip the mailman i didn't even know that was such a thing on the twitch oh, channel yeah. maze and Aton. learn something new every day on this show well i gotta tip the mailman especially because i have one of those um you know mailboxes that has like 20 mailboxes in it yep where the guy goes opens up the door from behind it and stuffs all the mail in and I only go and empty it like once a week. Is that so right? So this poor guy is like trying to wedge in, you know, all this junk mail on a daily basis, especially this time of year. Oh, my god! And I only empty it out once a week because I, you know, I just don't really – very rarely do we get anything of, of note in the mail. <laughs> a couple of bills here and there that, that we don't do online. Right. And, uh, you know, other stuff is like it's all junk mail or trying to get you to buy something. That's right? it. That's the difference. So I don't really – I'm not urgently going to get the mail on a daily basis. But this poor guy's got to – you know, by by Friday, this thing's packed up, you know, and he's got to wedge this stuff in there. So I got – you know, I give him a tip. I give him a nice tip. Yeah, okay. That makes you sense. Know? Yeah, and now I know, and, and I'll be tipping my mail person as well, because uh, I, I believe that she comes by every day, and she's the majority of the mm-hmm. And if you have a cleaning lady or a cleaning person, you should give them a little extra something. 
Yeah, I, I think you know? that's standard, I'm right? We'll start doing that in January. I'm trying to think if, if there's anybody else that I should be tipping that delivers or does a service for me now that I'm a homeowner, but I, I don't know. So coming up in 10 minutes, there's this audio. John Clark had it, and I know we're laboring John. It seems to be a very difficult thing. He's so busy. Oh, dude. <laughs> we should just go to John on wherever wherever we are and we want John to be on the show. We should just be like, dude, we're on noon to two. Tell us where you'll be. I'll bring the damn thing. Right, we right. can jack in even if it's at his office. Well, we can do it at his house. Yeah, that's fine, too. Yeah. We do it here. But here, here's the thing. Like, he got sick last week. He got sick on the flight home from Miami. Oh. Okay. Well, he we got, talked about that. He got bronchitis. All the stuff yeah, the- all the stuff. And then, um, you know, he also has tennis. You know, he plays tennis in the afternoon some days during our show. Dude, he's so. got to be a pain in the ass to get off the off I think the I think he's pretty good. I would imagine. Yeah. First off, he's athletic. Yeah. Second he's off, he's 6'6", 6'4", six, six, yeah. six, something yeah. like that. He's got a long reach. I used to play tennis before um, really like middle school. And the tall dudes who were athletic would just be able to command so much power. Tough to beat. All right. Carson Wentz might have inadvertently, and I don't think that he has any ill will or negative intent in his body here, but maybe, I don't know, Carson Wentz might have inadvertently thrown one, maybe two people under the bus, and I'll read it as far as DMako215 says on the Twitch channel, Mason Aton, Wentz seems to be playing a lot better now that, quote, sources aren't on the field. Huh? Make sure you come out Thursday to the King of Prussia location of Bury the Hatchet. We'll be live noon to 2 in King of Prussia. We'll be having uh, giveaways. Sixers tickets were there. We also have an amazing night that we'll continue to tell about uh, coming up in three weeks with Bury the Hatchet. It's going to be a major tournament. We've got a ton of prizes. We'll tell you all about that as we get closer to it. But really, from Thursday's standpoint, come out, hang with us, use our promo code HARRY50. And again, if you show up from noon to 2, use our promo code HARRY50. Showing up from noon to 2, you can throw for those two hours for free. That's how crazy it is right now with us. Bury the hatchet. We'll teach you how to throw two axes at the same time. Mason Aton. We'll hit the text board here from Carson Wentz next. You're listening to Mays and Aton with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app. Before we get to this Carson Wentz audio from John Clark yesterday, Fister Ball on the Mays and Aton channel. Mays and Aton. Twitch. Twitch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitch. Raises an interesting point here, and, and I don't know. I, I'm sure someone like Mike Rainey is going to be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Post office goes first in the hierarchy of things, but what about the UPS slash FedEx driver? I just got stuff dropped off. We thought it was a bomb that dropped off here. It was really just UPS. See, you should be having the UPS slash Amazon box driver over for Thanksgiving and Is that Christmas right? dinner. I mean, you should have, like, they should, no, be no. A, they're they like should a, have me over. Well, they're a part of your family. I mean, that, they're, that's what they're I'm saying. here at your house more than I am. I, I put a turkey on at least three Amazon drivers in the greater Willow Grove area. I've put at least three turkeys on their table based on all the crap right. that I've gotten here. Yeah. Uh, I mean... What? what was that? So- no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you you got boxes literally coming here, like, on a daily basis. Well, this this time it wasn't me. This time uh, it was 
the other person who lives in this house. Oh, oh the old lady? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah? Know, she, yeah, you think I'm getting a, a plastic car? It was Kitty Coop. That's what was delivered. Well, I didn't, I didn't That's know what, what it sounded was. like a bomb dropping above us. Oh, was okay. Some, was the UPS person? But I'm saying there's so somebody. So do you tip those people as well? I think you should because they're. Well, forget I mean, me. What what would you do? What well, would I Harry don't. Do? I don't have boxes coming to the house. You never get like an envelope or a FedEx something like that. There, you know, the wife might get three or four boxes. Okay, that's not much. And that's not a lot. All right. I, I, that's not enough to. Yeah, and if they, if if. If there's a tip, it's going to come out of her end. Okay, that's fair. Like it would be for me. You know me. what I'm saying? That's fair. So the individual covers this. All right, we're going to hit the text board, 609-403-0973. People ask on Twitch, and we give responses. That's what it's there for, especially in the breaks here. But before we do that, let's listen to Carson Wentz. Talk with John Clark. Post game. This is post game. Yeah. And it's really about the difference of what he's seeing both in the huddle and on the field. Hmm. Tell me what you're seeing in their eyes. Were they eager? Were they wide-eyed? What do you see? Yeah, the eager is what I see, the eagerness and the the belief um, and the confidence. And for us, um, the last couple weeks, uh, just the trust, you know, me trusting them, them trusting me that we're going to get this done. Um, And being able to go do that um, the last two weeks has been huge for us. Tell me what you're seeing in their eyes. Were they eager? Were they wide-eyed? What do you see? Yeah, the eager is what I see, the eagerness and the the belief um, and the confidence. And for us, um, the last couple weeks, uh, just the trust, you know, me trusting them, them trusting me that we're going to get this done. Um, And being able to go do that um, the last two weeks has been huge for us. Tell me what you're seeing in their eyes. What is going on here? Is there any reason why we heard that twice, almost three times? Is that on a loop? Well, just so you know. In case you missed it, I see, right? Jesus. Why am I? Um, what does that, pretty, what does that say to you? It's that's pretty telling. That's pretty telling to me. That, yeah. that means that's telling me that Nelson Aguilar ain't eager. Nope. Nelson Aguilar has no trust, nor do I have any trust in him. Exactly. And Alshon Jeffrey, you're a POS. Yep. I, I tell you, the <laughs> level of exhale yeah. with Carson Wentz now on the field with God, and. It's not hurting them at the very least. I don't know how much you're going to build around Greg Ward and Boston Scott. No, but no. If you have these guys as cheap options on a team that has better skill set guys, like, hey, Miles Sanders right now is a better running back mm-hmm. than Boston Scott, but you can still use Boston, Boston Scott, Scott in the game plan. can be used absolutely. as a third running back. Yeah, Just absolutely. like you can bring in a guy to replace an Aguilar or even Alshon and still get value out of Greg Ward. Right, as a third or fourth wide absolutely, receiver. Whatever, or in the return game, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but the fact that there is hunger... Uh-huh. The fact that there is trust. It's pretty crazy. Trust is a big word. Seriously. On both ends. Now, I bring this up not to say that it's the similar situation as far as the Eagles are going to go out and win a Super Bowl, but remember, there was this same type of feel and same type of shift for two straight years, one in which they won the Super Bowl. Because the quarterback changed. But also this element of trust in the locker room. Remember, Harry, we're not a year away from guys on defense building a shrine to Nick Foles. Remember Chris Long? They built a shrine to Nick Foles. You can't tell me, as two straight years of it working opposite Carson Wentz, that now it's not going to benefit working favor of Carson. I think our buddy Loke bought that shrine. (laughs) I think he actually uh, donated money to a charity to get the shrine from Chris Long. Not the schwime. No, no, no. The shrine. He was on display on on, uh, Sunday. Full display? 
I know at Tollman Joe's. Josh, you got to tell us how did that go? I heard it was a big, uh, big turnout. Were you there? No, but he, I'm sure he was doing the show from oh, the studio. Okay. He does every show. Well, maybe they piped in crowd noise to make it sound Sunday's like. Sunday's my only day off, guys. Oh, you were off? Yeah. Come on. You're having this guy work on his day off? Okay, so who ran the board? Was it Hunter, Hunter. or something? Oh, okay. Is he there today? No, but Hunter, nah, he's commu- done with our show. Hunter, Hunter communicated to me that everything went smoothly on Sunday. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. And Six, I, heard, so- I heard some of the broadcast, and it sounded clean. Because Bruno did the show in transit to... FedEx Field. I'm not sure who was more impressed, honestly. People like me knowing how hard it is to do that and make it sound good, mm-hmm. or Bruno himself, who said multiple times, I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> I have to be honest. Doing a show on a, in a car is, is like, that's not difficult. No, not difficult to do. It's difficult from a technical. How did they do it on a technical standpoint? They probably had an air card. Yeah, look, oh, okay. Michael Smirconish used to do this every year. I don't know if he still does, but he would broadcast his show live on September 11th going out to Swanksville. Oh, okay. And where Flight 93 hit. And he would do this, so there was this live. Now, again, this is I, – I worked with Michael 12 years ago. So nowhere near this level of technology. I think they were call. I think they had a POTS line. And they were dialing in off a phone line. Wow. Now, is that this one was done off Wi-Fi, is what you're saying? Uh, well, technically, it's called MiFi because it's a, it's a you mobile. You create a hotspot. Right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cell phone-based server instead of right. a wireless internet server. Right. Okay. Okay. Wow. There you Impressive. go. Now you know way more information than you ever wanted to know. Here you go, Fisterball reminding us, don't forget your teachers, your kids' teachers. I don't have kids. Well, you should be donating then to one of your neighbor's kids' teachers. And we never gave our teachers money when I was a kid. No, you give them gift cards. That's what you do. Fiance gets tons of gift cards. Yeah? Coffee gift cards, movie gift cards, all all this crap. Smart move. 609-403-0973. It's kind of bribery is what it is. Well, it's at the end of the year. It's not at the beginning of the year. Hey, you know, why don't you give my kid an A? Here you go, some, some gift card. And when you're acting like it's, The end you know, of the year. The, yeah. The year ends in June. Right. Well, this is halfway through the year. No, I'm, I'm not saying in this case it's not for a holiday. Usually the gifts for, at least for my fiance and I think for her school, a lot of these gifts come at the end of the year. Oh, see, if they're going to gift, hey, they got a gift at the holiday, and that way you can buy yourself some grades no. in the uh, second semester. All right. You know what I mean? Yes. Now, I'm going to read you this text. I, I need... totally threw you for a loop. Again. No, what threw me for a loop, something is going on here. What? I don't know if more packages have arrived I, or if somebody I, is did, breaking did into the, the studio. Did the dog do something? I think so. Here we go. 609-403-0973. The Cowboys are on fire? Come on, Aton. They had a good game yesterday at home. That's their first win in the last four games. That's a bit extreme to say they're on fire. We'll see on Sunday. Go Birds. Who said on fire? I did. You I said did? that. I said the offense right now comes into this game. Yeah, the no, off- I just said that they clicked. No, I, I think the offense has been dormant, and that's how – look, they've been one of the best offenses all year, and they've been dormant, and they've still been able to play decent. But that was their first win over a team above 500. Okay. Wasn't it? Yeah, and I, and I honestly think that's an overrated stat. The Eagles have lost to a couple of really bad teams this year. Good teams lose to bad teams. It happens. 
you want yeah, to isolate. I know, but I mean, the Eagles beat the Packers. Who you know, the Eagles have beaten. Well, here's the thing: the Eagles are not a winning football team right now. They're not above five hundred. No, there's five hundred. Right. So yeah. that stat doesn't apply to Philadelphia yet. No. It would apply to them if the Eagles beat them, and but, then they can go back and say, oh, look, their record's a little different when they beat the Eagles earlier in the season, but they weren't even above 500 then, right? The Packers were. No, I'm saying the Eagles. Oh. The Eagles. When the first time the Dallas Cowboys beat the Eagles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. That was during that stretch where they got boat raced by Minnesota and Dallas back-to-back, right? Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. All right, 609-403-0973. And, again, I just think that this offense that has been the highest scoring or one of the highest and one of the fastest, if not the fastest-paced offenses all year, you get a game like that, it's not about, okay, show me again. It's You've seen that consistently. It's just a couple of losses. That's the problem. Consistency isn't every single game they've been blowing the doors off, but more often than not. It's really difficult to be a bad football team and have one of the league's top best off ranked offenses in the NFL. Hmm. I mean, the Bucks are slowly there, but look, the Bucks are five hundred. Their right defense now. is no good, and their defense doesn't yeah, it's, exist. It's terrible. Does Bruce Arians even have anybody coaching that defense? Uh, I know Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator, and I'm not sure who's the defensive coordinator. Oh, it's uh, Bowles, Todd Bowles. Is that right? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Because oh. he played for Arians at Temple. No. Back in the 80s. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Bowles got fired by the Jets, and he sure. brought him down there. That was him, it. Threw him a life raft. Right. Just to go over the the, uh, the news, though, from the press conference today. Doug P. on the Was injured, there news? Well, on the injured players and whether they were going to be getting them any, any back. That was the first question. He said, that's a great question. Uh, he Which said, means no. They're trending in the right direction. Yeah. But progress is slow. A- again, I ask you this question on a Monday because I asked you this, I think, last Friday. But are you really going to tell me right now? Alshon Jeffrey, yes. I don't care if the two guys hate each other. Kobe and Shaq hated each other. I don't care if Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz hate each other. You make it work for at least two more weeks, if not this week. But my contention now, Harry Mays, is that the combination of what I just heard from Carson Wentz with – the productivity I've seen on the field with the lack of interest, intent to do well, and just play well from Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar returning to this team, even against Dallas, makes this team worse. Yeah, I don't know about worse, but I don't know that it makes him better. You know what I mean? That's, It'd be nice if you could get Derek Barnett. Well, that I don't know what's going on as far as how he's trending. I'd much rather have Lane Johnson than anybody well, yeah, that's available. Oh, yeah, Lane Johnson, too. But I don't know what Nelson Aguilar does for this team anymore except take away a look from Greg Ward or Boston Scott. I'd much rather them find ways to get Boston Scott more involved in the passing game, knowing that you have Miles Sanders that you can put in the backfield now for 25, 30 snaps at least as an ISO back and move Scott around. I'd much rather see that then try to force a guy who has no trust in the quarterback and is getting zero trust in return from Wentz. Yeah. I, I don't know how much he really wants to play anyway this year for this team. Yeah, I think he's already kind of mentally moved on. It's not a good sign, man. That's How difficult is this? Yes, Domeco215 agreed, IR Aguilar. <laughs> how difficult is this, right, where – Normally, you'd say just get everybody back, just return everybody as fast as possible, and now it's 
you're actually saying, hey, this guy's checked out. You've been there before. You've come in on a Monday knowing, man, my vacation starts on Thursday. Yeah. Let me just get to Thursday. And by the time you hit Wednesday, oh, you your mind is gone. You're gone. I was classic for that. You were you were known for that yeah. in the building. You were is known that for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. I didn't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. People refer to you as Harry checked out on vacation a day from now, end quote, Mays. Speaking of vacation, Gil's back today, isn't he? Well, I think mandatory. He has to be back for right, this week. Right, right. And then he's going to take, another week, he's take another week. Right. So he's probably checked out. Correct. Yeah. All right. Real quick, Josh, on our way into break, if you can play that Carson Wentz clip for us one more time, we'll hit some text before we get out of here. Play it two back-to-back. You, can, you know what? You can make it a hit record if you want, like Diddy, just sampling it over and over and over again. One more time. What you're seeing in their eyes? Were they eager? Were they wide-eyed? What do you see? Yeah, e- the eager is what I see. The eagerness and the the belief um, and the confidence. And for us, um, the last couple weeks, uh, just the trust. You know, me trusting them, them trusting me that we're gonna get this done. Uh, is what I see. The eagerness and the the belief um, and the confidence. And for us, um, the last couple weeks, uh, just the trust. Um, the last couple weeks, uh, just the trust. For us, um, the last couple weeks, uh, just the trust. You know, me trusting them, them trusting me that we're going to get this done. Um, and being able to go do that um, the last two weeks has, has been huge for us. Mays and Aton with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app. Direct you to Twitter because you can read the type of responses we get from at Bruno's cousin. Oh man! During the break, just to let you know that we are live, we are active on Twitch, Maze and Aton throughout the whole show. When we say whole show, we mean in the break. So if Josh is talking to us down the line, if we're talking to each other, if the dog comes in, jumps up on Harry, you, you get to see it all. You get it all every single second of the show. 609-403-0973. I don't understand that tweet that we got. From Bruno's cousin? Yeah. Well, he's saying that you... We mentioned this game show in the break, Legends of the Hidden Temple, which apparently is getting rebooted. I don't remember it. I've never, never heard of seen it. it. So instead, Bruno's cousin suggests that, yeah, you ne- never saw Legends of the Hidden Temple, but you have seen a parody porn flick. Oh, that is parodied yeah. off of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I never got into those parody flicks. It's to too much of a distraction. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, can we be honest? I don't, don't want to see somebody. That. Yeah. I don't you, need that. I don't need. Like, think about this. Do you want to think, like, can you imagine how much, because a lot of the parodies are comic book movies, mm-hmm. right? Spider-Man, right. Superman, Bat, they all get parodied in porn. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody like Josh? who is a comic book purist mm-hmm. when it comes to these movies, and then the level of desecration, he's not a, only to the character, Harry, but involving it in porn on top he's of that. A all right, all right, maven. stop, stop. That's not yeah. true. Let's lay something straight. First of all, parody is totally different than desecrating a character. They're two different things. You sure? Have you, yeah, ever, seen freak, the, freak. Have you ever seen the Superman porn parody? No, but, you know, that's not my problem. My problem is is when people pretend like something is quality and then it's not. Like, for example, all the people out there who loved the first two Fantastic Four movies in the early 2000s, they were not quality movies. They were barely based on the characters. People act like they were good just because they think Jessica Alba's hot. 
I have no idea what he's talking about. No, I, I didn't think you would. Yeah. As soon as he and mentioned, I'm, I'm glad about that. Actually. Well, I'm sure you're better off not seeing them. You're yeah. you're you are proud of your ignorance to the Marvel DC comic book yes. world, like I wear my ignorance of Lizzo on my sleeve. I saw Lizzo on TV again today. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, She's I following don't. you here. She's a star. A pop, big well, star. listen, pop rap sells, so I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. 609-403-0973. Well, porn parodies sell, too. Well, porn parodies are quality work. Uh, and and nah. to be fair, porn parody comes under the umbrella of porn, just like Lizzo's pop rap comes under the umbrella of pop rap. So I guess, you know, in that regard, if you're pop rap, you're going to sell. All well, right, I'll just no. put a C in front of the R and you're good. All right, let's get to the what happened in the Cowboys game yesterday because I was thoroughly confused. Like it shouldn't be any confusion. Well, I, I didn't even, even bring this up because I, I thought it was. I never even heard of this. Where like Dak Prescott apparently said, "We want to kick." He did say defer. He, he did, but only like the third time. Like when he was asked, because the, the official kept on saying, Are you, "He was like trying to lead him to mm. the proper term." I didn't know you had to say defer. It, it's well. Here's the thing, Dak, and I hate to take the guy's side, but kind of have to in this case. Dak describes deferring and then says defer. Right. So he he des, he describes what deferring is. Right. And the ref, like nobody ever, like we would have to research how often a team goes into a game and kicks the first half and then kicks the second half willingly. I think it's happened once, maybe in the 60s. I think oh, somebody brought is that it up. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't know I this thought you was were going to say thing. like over the last five years. No, I didn't know this was a thing. No, it's, it, it wasn't a thing. It, what looked to be the situation, Harry, is the ref simply didn't hear it. I heard the audio replayed. Dak saying defer is pretty loud and clear in the clip. And what he does is he describe. It would be like you describing something and then saying the word to but follow. But apparently, if you don't say defer, you kick the ball to start the first half and the second half. That's a possibility. I didn't know that was possible. If you well, remember, guys, the first thing he said was, "We want to kick." Right. That's right. what he said. First. And then he says that direction. And then the official says, "So," like the official Which was one confused. Is it? Right, and and that's and then he did not. Then the official was confused. He did not hear the word defer. So what confused the official was not Dak not leading with defer. It was trying to do two things. And you only get to do one. You right. either determine who gets the ball or which direction or which you're goal going. you want to correct. Defend. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So that's what confused. But when he said kick, he was explaining a defer. Except then he went and talked about the direction, and that's what threw everybody for a loop. And that's why New York got involved. Correct. Because it, re- because it was an administrative review. The reality, though, is that th- this really was much ado about nothing. Well, they should have reviewed the Derek Carr's slide Oh, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> Some backbeat cost to me damn money. What the hell you do? It's like the same people who thought that Falcons-Niners game would go under. I saw Josh text us earlier that last second. Look, I got burned on the money line. I had Atlanta. The, well, I had Atlanta on one on one series, but I had a, a heavy favorite parlay. In, in another bet, where that was New Orleans. Hey, I had a great weekend if it weren't for the freaking Raiders. Okay. The golf. You shouldn't be betting college, on Oakland. The Navy. Like, you shouldn't be betting on that under on a San Francisco-Atlanta game. Oh, real quick, you brought up Navy. Army. The head coach, one of the most. This wasn't irresponsible. The clock is already running. They had an opportunity to stop the clock and get the ball back at the end of the game, except they let it run and run and run. And only until there was one play in which they thought they could stop the clock and maybe 
maybe prevent Navy from at least scoring. Army called an unnecessary timeout. Navy's like, what are you doing? We've been running the clock out here. You've been allowing us to run the clock out. So Navy turns around and they run a play instead of what would be just kneeling it. They ran a play and they scored because Army sucks. <laughs> what an insult to Navy to call that timeout there at the end of the game and to your kids as well that you're coaching, putting them in such an unsportsmanlike situation. Wow, the outrage. Army should be fired. Army's football should be disbanded. Go protect us. That's what we need you for, not to play football.